This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. The Esperanto Teacher A Simple Course for Non Grammarians by Helen Fryer. Tenth Edition. Perhaps to no one is Esperanto of more service than to the non grammarian. It gives him for a minimum expenditure of time and money a valuable insight into the principles of grammar and the meaning of words, while enabling him, after only a few months of study, to get into communication with his fellow men in all parts of the world. To place these advantages within easy reach of all is the aim of this little book. Written by an experienced teacher, revised by Mr. E. A. Millage, and based on the exercises of Dr. Zamenhof himself, it merits the fullest confidence of the student, and may be heartily commended to all into whose hands it may come. W. W. Padfield Preface This little book has been prepared in the hope of helping those who, having forgotten the lessons in grammar which they received at school, find some difficulty in learning Esperanto from the existing textbooks. It is hoped it will be found useful not only for solitary students, but also for classwork. The exercises are taken chiefly from the Exerzaro of Dr. Zamenhof. The compiler also acknowledges her indebtedness especially to the standard course of Esperanto by Mr. G. W. Bullen, and to the Esperanto Grammar and Commentary by Major General George Cox, and while accepting the whole responsibility for all inaccuracies and crudenesses, she desires to thank all who have helped in the preparation, and foremost among them Mr. W. W. Padfield of Ipswich for advice and encouragement throughout the work, and to Mr. E. A. Millage for his unfailing kindness and invaluable counsel and help in its preparation and revision. Manner of Using the Book the student is strongly advised to cultivate the habit of thinking in Esperanto from the very beginning of the study. To do this, he should try to realize the idea mentally without putting it into English words. E.g., when learning the word rosa or colombo, let him bring the object itself before his mind's eye, instead of repeating rosa rose, colombo, pigeon, or with the sentence lasuno brilas, the sun shines, let him picture the sun shining. Having studied the lesson and learned the vocabulary, he should read the exercise, repeating each sentence aloud until he has become familiar with it and can pronounce it freely. Then, turning to the English translation at the end of the book, he should write the exercise into Esperanto, compare it with the original, and relearn and rewrite if necessary. Although this method may require a little more time and trouble at first, the greater facility gained in speaking the language 
will well repay the outlay. After mastering this book, the student should take some reader, such as Unua Lego Libro, by Dr. Cabe, and then proceed to the Fundamenta Crestomatio, the standard work on Esperanto, by Dr. Zamenhof. A very good Esperanto to English vocabulary is to be found in the Esperanto Key, halfpenny, or in the whole of Esperanto for a penny. The Origin and Aim of Esperanto A few words as to the origin of Esperanto will perhaps not be out of place here. The author of the language, Dr. Ludwig Zamenhof, a Polish Jew, was born on December 3rd, 1859, at Bielowstok in Poland, a town whose inhabitants are of four distinct races, Poles, Russians, Germans, and Jews, each with their own language and customs, and often at open enmity with each other. Taught at home that all men are brethren, Zamenhof found everywhere around him outside the denial of this teaching, and even as a child came to the conclusion that the races hated because they could not understand each other. Feeling keenly, too, the disabilities under which his people specially laboured, being cut off by their language from the people among whom they lived, while too proud to learn the language of their persecutors, he set himself to invent a language which should be neutral, and therefore not require any sacrifice of pride on the part of any race. Interesting as is the story of Zamenhof's attempts and difficulties, it must suffice here to say that at the end of 1878 the new language was sufficiently advanced for him to impart it to schoolfellows like-minded with himself, and on December 17th of that year they fated its birth and sang a hymn in the new language, celebrating the reign of unity and peace which should be brought about by its means. All mankind must be united in one family, but the enthusiasm of its first followers died down under the derision they encountered, and for nine years more Zamenhof worked in secret at his language, translating, composing, writing original articles, improving, polishing, till in 1887 he published his first book under the title of An International Language by Dr. Esperanto. Esperanto means one who hopes. That the idea which impelled the young Zamenhof to undertake such a work is still the mainspring of his devotion to the cause is shown by the following extract from his opening speech at the Second International Esperanto Congress in 1906. We are all conscious that it is not the thought of its practical utility which inspires us to work for Esperanto, but only the thought of the important and holy idea which underlies an international language. This idea, you all know, is that of brotherhood and justice among all peoples. And again, in his presidential address at the Third Esperanto Congress, held this year, 1907, at Cambridge, he said, We are constantly repeating that we do not wish to interfere in the internal life of the nations, but only to build a bridge between the peoples. The ideal aim of Esperantists, never until now exactly formulated, 
but always clearly felt, is to establish a neutral foundation on which the various races of mankind may hold peaceful, brotherly intercourse without intruding on each other their racial differences. Sur neutrala lingua fundamento comprenante unulalian la popoloi faros en consento unu grandan rondon familian. On the foundation of a neutral language, understanding one another, the peoples will form in agreement one great family circle. Helen Fryer, December 1907 End of section